Episode number 40, getting involved. You're not that deep. It's not that deep. No, it's, uh, welcome everybody to episode 33. Yes, 33. 33 of the Chop Heads MMA podcast. I got myself, I got my boy Tommy D, the Reverend, in the yep. building. We have a wonderful show in store for you guys out there tonight, today, this evening, this morning, whatever. Wednesday, probably. No, I think this one we're going to go clean straight through. We're not going to have to edit much. I might throw a break in there just for advertisement purposes. But this this show, we actually have a little bit of MMA to talk. Unlike last week where we didn't have a goddamn thing, we had to create something out of nothing. We got a great fight announcement that I know I'm excited about. I know Tommy's excited about. Uh, with Benil Dariush against Islam Makachev, Makayev, the Khabib Mahakashev. guy, better known as the Khabib guy here at Chopheads. Um, obviously, there's a fight coming up this weekend that I'm not overly excited about, but it does have major title implications in the bantamweight. It's bantamweight, right? In the bantamweight division, we have the sideshow that took place over the weekend with all these ex MMA guys that are trying to their foray their way into boxing and. It's the Triller Triad event. And then we we would not be able to have an actual show if I didn't mention the John Fury situation with Jake Paul. <laughs> that that teleconference or whatever you want to call that, he completely stole the show. And you could see where Tyson Fury gets his charisma from because that dude, not only is he a complete psychopath, but he's got mic skills too, apparently, and he knows how to sell a fight. It kind of makes you wonder if Tommy really is like part of their bloodline because he looks nothing like them. Well, there's a few things that make me want. First of all, he's doesn't look anything like them, and he's completely lost when it comes to doing the promoting thing. We're not going to talk about that yet. Mm-hmm. We want to talk more about... Your holiday, buddy. I know that you had a good one because the Raiders did, in fact, upset the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Dave Sturchio's Dallas Cowboys fell victim to the the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland. What was the final? 30 to 33. Now, if you listen to Dave, he will tell you that they, they not only lost to the Raiders, but they also lost to the refs. But there is no such thing as a moral loss in football either, Dave. So loss is a loss. Enjoy the what are they the fourth seed now? They yeah, well they they also uh, they also got another loss today. The, uh, the as we're talking fight news here, what's his name Hill from the Cowboys? Oh yeah, he got suspended for two games. Two for games, no pay, punching somebody in the face. And look, we're not here to bash the Cowboys. That would actually be not cool of us because Dave is not here to defend himself. I just threw thought I'd throw it in there as a little you know we're. We're still above you in the hallway or the main room as far as the pecking order of helmets. <laughs> and Dave knows what I'm talking about, and I'll leave it at that. Um, I wanted to wish you, you know, everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I don't know if we said it last week before we ended saying, like, this is Yes, no, we did. We, we did. did. Okay, I, I didn't listen to our show because I've had a, a busy week. But we hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I had a good Thanksgiving with my family, watched football played football it was great normal normal shit gained like two or three pounds haven't done anything to lose it i know you look like you gained weight again i haven't uh last week i didn't go to the gym once last week you like how i call tommy out this is a show of accountability people i called myself out i i put on a little an extra low it's all right the, arm, the arms still look good and when i take the shirt off he's I got the glamour muscles ladies and gentlemen i do I, he's I, still working with the ab and the arms <laughs> the ab so. and the arms <laughs> all right 
So yeah, on to this this week's fights. We're not gonna do we're not doing the rundown because as much as we said there's MMA to talk about, which there is, there wasn't enough events for us the to talk about. The whole show would be talking about the rundown. Kind of like last week. That's yeah. what we did last week. We're we're experimenting with new things and I'm trying to present myself in a little nicer way. So I smoked a little weed before the show today. Unlike did. unlike in weeks past where I've been angry, I'm definitely still angry. About like a few of these comments and the points that you've been making about our little pre-show meeting, but we're we're just gonna fight it out on the show with it. But I guess we could start things off by saying, Khabib guy is probably gonna dominate Dariush without <laughs> breaking down this fight. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, Dariush won. I feel like Dariush won his last fight. Like it almost feels like a year ago. I know it isn't, but it's almost like with the rise of Islam. And I know it's in a different division, but the rise of Kamzat, Benil Dariush just kind of got look, man, moved down the bench. I, I like feel, in the I feel like it's just unfortunate for a guy like Dariush to be on the run that he's on because you've seen in certain cases with like a Tony Ferguson or a, a Nate Diaz where, I mean, Nate really never went on the run that Dariush is on or Tony Ferguson went on, but they just don't get that. They can't get over the hump to get that title shot no matter how many times they win and... You see certain other guys where now Islam, for example, he's getting this fight against Dariush, and if he wins, he's definitely going to get a title yeah, shot. Absolutely, it's not right because Dariush shouldn't be having to beat a guy like Islam, where he's done enough already in this division. It's just right now because the title got held up for so long, and that's the problem. Connor yeah. fucked up everything in hindsight by just and Khabib really Connor and Khabib that whole feud and how it took like four years to settle the lightweight belt even Tony Ferguson yeah that whole that whole three-way menage that they did what did we get out of that one fight yeah really like we, we got one fight out of all that Connor Tony and Khabib bullshit that went on for years we got one fight right so it held up guys like I can't even say his name right now because I'm too stoned what the fuck is it? Benil Dariush, right? It held up a guy like that from getting a title shot. And then you see a guy like Michael Chan. Well, he, even Oliveira needed a title shot for yeah, a he, year before he well, got Well, the one. thing with Dariush was he didn't go on, what's he on, like a seven or seven or eight fight win streak now. He didn't go on that until Khabib kind of had the belt and the wins that he was getting, it wasn't... It wasn't anything that was... I understand it, that. It, it just I happened understand that, but when as you of see, recent. But when you see a guy like Michael Chandler in position to get two title shots in four fights, I just I have a hard issue with that. I'm sorry. A guy that's been in the UFC and he's, and he's earning his paycheck in the toughest promotion in the sport, and I don't care what anybody says. Obviously, the UFC is the toughest promotion in the sport in terms of fighter talent in the top five of the divisions. We were talking about it, and I won't let you. The Bellator card, right? You were like, oh, we got Sergio fucking douchebag and um, Hiraguchi. Yeah. Horiguchi. Horiguchi. And I was like, I'm, while that would be a decent fight to close out the, the prelims on a UFC pay-per-view, right? I'm not in any interest. I have no interest in seeing the, uh, the Pettis' younger brother against a Yamaguchi <laughs> Yamaguchi. <laughs> anyway, but you get the What's point. Fucking, uh, uh, I fucked up the name again, watch. but you you understand the point that I'm yeah. making. I do. Um, I was trying to think of those toys. What are they called? The Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. My my kid loves them. I tried. So, to, I tried. They're really back. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, we didn't say this. Like he doesn't know this, but he we got him uh, for Christmas uh, Star Wars one. 
Wow. So they're not just like an animal pet? Didn't they? Used to it is. It's an animal pet. Like it's a Star Wars. So I guess you're going to be taking care of a droid. He's killed the other three that he's had. <laughs> but anyway, I don't even know where we were. Stone Chris is fucking great. Or Horiguchi. Um, I get what you mean because like the rest of the card really doesn't do much for me with the Bellator one. But they're looking at this fight as kind of a big one because they're both eight and one on their last nine fights. And I, I guess they're looking for some new blood to... I know. I didn't actually ask you about it or anything. I was just telling you that it, it would be on the undercard. It would be the prelim. Maybe the main fight on the prelims of a, a UFC pay-per-view. So they're like the sixth and seventh, or it would be like a, a fight night co-main. They even do those. Well, like you were talking about with Michael Chandler getting the, the belt, of, you know, Brock Lesnar got a shot at the heavyweight yeah, championship but, but, off a one-on-one one win. But the reason why they do that and I took is because exce- I took exception with that as well, but also you understand the reasoning as far as business goes. Michael Chandler's not out here doing good business with nobody. He's a name, and I'm sure those two fights that he was in, people, a lot of people watched because of it, especially the, especially the Gaethje fight. Now, Michael Chandler has solidified himself as a, as the, a very big name in the UFC. I mean, there's a the common fight. denominator in most of the the top 10 lightweight fights of the last 10 years or five years is like Justin Gaethje, Justin Gaethje. So he's really the common denominator. I think he's making stars out of people even when he beats them because he puts what on... was it, a, Justin Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez got like fight of the year a couple yeah. of years ago? Even when he was losing, when he got beat by Poye, that was a, still a great fight. He did his damage in that fight as well. But, um... And I, now you... that we're, Since we're mentioning Gaethje and Benil Dariush... I don't think Dariush would fight Gaethje because Dariush knows that Gaethje's wrestling is better than Dariush's jiu-jitsu. Like, he was getting help from Justin before his last fight. So, it, yeah, like I don't you're know. saying, that, like, that's... this is his only shot he's going to get because if Khabib guy mows right through him, he's going to get and pushed he does, down And the he line. doesn't do himself any favors whatsoever as far as the, the way he promotes himself. He's literally okay with just being the guy that's overlooked because he's not flashy. He basically has but that But he'll, he'll announce it after his fights in the post-fight like speech about, you know, he gets overlooked because of the, the, all the things that you just mentioned. I mean, look, is it working for him? Maybe. This is one of those be careful what you, ask, you wish for because you just might get it. No, it's situations. one of those situations where if he was going out there and starching people and knocking them out and, and calling people out and being a mean guy and wasn't mentioning Jesus Christ in every interview, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I w- that's not my style, but it's not going to win you over any fans. People want to see blood and violence and craziness, and they don't really want to see the guy that's going out there and like being kind. And that's sad to say in some ways, but at the same time, it's the fight game. And that's why you see a guy like Dariush that has to go through Islam uh, on his eighth or ninth fight in a win streak to, to maybe even get a title shot. Because even if, what if, what if Gaethje wins his fight against Oliveira? Oh my God. Right. And then, uh, and then Benil Dariush is like, well, I don't want to fight Gaethje because he's my boy. So then he like wins anyway and doesn't get the title shot because he t- doesn't want it because Jesus told him not to fight his friend. <laughs> oh, I think Jesus is bowing out of the battle with Muhammad on this one because Islam doesn't need any gods behind him to be able to beat Dariush. Islam is uh, 
He's a creature. He's a creature. None of this world. Yeah, I'm trying to find reasons why I think he's going to lose, but it's just not going to. You're not going to get me to say that in this one. Whereas most of the time, I will be able to conjure up something against either A, Kamzat, or B, the Khabib guy, because I just am not a fan of either. And I know that it's going to probably be a tough thing going forward for me because they're going to win a lot of fights. But it's just that's the side of the fence that I fall on with these whole thing, with this whole thing. And you could say what you want. I don't know. <laughs> it's just that's how it's going to be. Speaking I just of, think I just think Islam's anti jujitsu is going to be better than Dariush's jujitsu. Yeah. Um, I guess speaking of of stoic Russians, <laughs> did you see the guy that knocked out Frank Mir this weekend <laughs> at the Triller Triad <laughs> event, bro? <laughs> First of all, Frank Mir didn't have his hands up. I'm not sure what exactly was going on. I didn't see the whole fight. Admittedly, I just watched highlights of both the Mike Perry and <laughs> Mike Perry didn't look like he he won. He looked like he got the shit beat out of him. And even in the decision, it looked like he thought he lost because he was very shocked by the, the outcome. But getting back to the Frank Mir thing. Can, can we be fair and say Frank Mir looks like a fucking super heavyweight now? Yeah, we definitely can be. But do you also know that Frank Mir said that he made as much money in this fight that he made in the Brock Lesnar rematch? And I believe him. I believe him because if you think about it, the Brock Lesnar rematch, like people cared, but they didn't really care. Yeah. Um, because if you were going off the first fight, if that's what happened, people were going to spend, you know, at the time. No, I think, I think, like, I think that the UFC just had him under a bad contract at the time. And let's, let's also be real here. He could have been one of the biggest heavyweight stars in UFC history, surpassing. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, if he won surpassing, that fight. surpassing the the title defense record, probably set because his jujitsu back then and the, Look, the heavyweights bro, that they bro, had. I, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna warn you right now that this what? is gonna get headed in a, in a very mean direction if we start talking about Frank Mir's jujitsu at this but, point. No, 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 in the show. I'm just saying. Listen, what I'm saying here. At the time. When he won the belt, the crop of heavyweights that were fighting at the time, they really weren't yeah, but, like crazy. But it's still, the point that I'm making is, is you're right about all that, but that it doesn't have anything to do with the point of that being his biggest payday, rivaling the Brock right, Lesnar fight. You're not letting me, he could have had that payday constantly, but what happened? He got in the motorcycle accident. No. And lost a year, over a year of his that, career. That was prior to. I understand that, but this is how he ended up where he ended up. He would have been making more money than than Brock Lesnar. He could have been up there. No, this was just, it was pre-Conor McGregor days. This was like prior to the big paydays in the UFC. They just weren't there as a biz, as a company yet. And here's the, another reason why, is because you see the UFC is trying to maintain a, a, an actual company over the course of right. history. Whereas Triller Triad, I feel like they're just coming in to try and rob a bunch of people. And that, that could just be the general public with these pay-per-views and this bullshit. They realize that they have something going with what they're doing right now. And they have a nice thing, but this won't last. So they no, can afford to pay it off the, and do whoever's these owners and the, the but like, CEOs. Look at the talent. They had Metallica playing that night. Now you're talking about a band that's been around, oh, what, fucking almost Who? 50 years? Who are you talking about? Metallica. When? On that Triller event. They oh, were the, they bro, were the I don't, but you the money that they're paying them. They're paying Snoop Dogg to sit in on the commentary. Those two do not come cheap. I understand. So you're paying all that like look, 
I'm here for it, I guess, because it's not going to be here for a while. Yeah, but the reason why they're able to get the advertising dollars that they get, and I think that people often overlook this aspect of things when it comes to how generate uh, how prom- promotions make money, right? So, yeah, they're paying Snoop Dogg, they're paying Metallica, but when they go to their potential advertisers and they say, we have this event going on, and they say, we have Snoop Dogg at it, they know people gravitate towards something that Snoop Dogg is doing. So that in itself is going to bring viewers and not only viewers, but, but potential viewers, all you need, all you need for advertisers is potential. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, we have Snoop Dogg, we have Metallica. We have a lot going on with this show. These names, these X there, it doesn't have to be the networks or it's a pay-per-view event, right? They're not going to make money off the gate. They're going to make money off the pay-per-view. Right. And then they're also going to make money off of anything that they're able to put a logo on for advertising purposes for another company, right? Sponsored by this, sponsored by that. That's where their money yeah, is coming. So you, you, you got to wonder and that, you know, good for Frank Mir because I don't think he would have any of those kind of paydays anywhere else. But as you saw that night for a very good reason, um, the way he was dazed in the corner, he looked like, like when you play a, like a boxing game and, when the opponent's dazed, that's your your opportunity to start going in there, punching. That's what he looked like. And I think it's pretty pathetic that Dan Mergliata had to go <clears throat> on social media and do video to defend why he stood in front of Frank Mir and stopped the fight. Well, first of all, here's here's Frank Mir waved off the opponent. He was like Give the Russian guy credit. I have no idea what his name is, and I don't actually care. He, he beat, like, you talk about beating the shit out of somebody? He yeah, beat he, the shit out he, of him. He, he, st- he staggered Mir, and then he hit him with another, you know, he didn't finish him off the way he could have, is what I'm getting at. He hit him, staggered him, and then Mir, like, took a, a funky step, grabbed Mir Gliata. He actually grabbed him. When you make contact with the ref, that's a technically, the way he did it, I feel like that's a standing knockdown. They could start counting at that point. <laughs> And instead of really going in attack mode, the Russian guy just stoically approached yeah, he, him. He backed and Frank off. Mir basically no, he didn't he didn't back off. He he got up in his face, but like basically like looking towards the ref, like, yo, I'm gonna I'm about to fuck him up. If yeah, but what I'm saying fight. backed off is he could have dropped Mir. Yeah, he quickly. definitely could have. But if you watch the very end, right before Mir Gliata stepped in, Frank Mir waved like put his hand up to his opponent like I'm good. Yeah, there's no, people don't saying, oh, that, that was, early. like, dude, no. the guy is, is almost, he's, he's in his mid-40s. He couldn't move. Like, his, he was, he was there in his head. A lot of times when you get startled like that, and I'm not, or, or starched. Yeah. It's not like you can't think. You have a conscience. You, you're conscious of what's happening, but your body's not responding. Yeah. You, your brain's telling you, yeah, you should probably put your arms up, but. They're not going. You can't. <laughs> Or you think you're putting them up, and you're putting them up in really slow motion. Um, I just think it's like bullshit. Like the guy's in his mid forties, probably almost fifty, right? His daughter's an MMA fighter. Do you want to see this guy with scrambled eggs for brains? He, look, he's already got scrambled egg brains for fighting for the organization anyway. When he's not a boxer, he was always known as a jujitsu guy. He had good hands for MMA, not boxing. Like, what do you want to see? You want to see the next round, Frank Mir comes out, and then the same thing happens, if not worse? You, you know what I mean? Like, put him out of their misery early. End the fight. Save him from himself. Mergliata did the right thing. I'll tell you what I do want to see. I want to see more of John Fury. 
I want to see more John Fury against Jake Paul in in a press conference. I want to see John Fury on an impulsive podcast like Ben Askren went on. I want to see all of that. John Fury has the fucking mic skills of a, of a Conor McGregor in his prime. Only the difference between the two is like Conor is stuck between trying to be a celebrity and trying to be a gangster. John Fury is completely. 100% positive on what he wants to be and it is not a celebrity. This dude is trying to fucking first of all, he's banned from the country or banned from traveling into the United States because in a street fight he once not tried to but gouged out an opponent's eye, right? No rules in a street fight. But so this guy has been obviously he's raised nothing but fighters. He's coming from a lineage of fighters. And when I say lineage, I mean like the right way to use the word lineage. Like everybody in the Fury family <laughs> since the beginning of the traveling people. And I say traveling people meaning like the British gypsies that you watch on Peaky Blinders. Like that's that's anybody that watches Peaky Blinders understands where the Fury family you know, what kind of family they history they have because they actually talk about the Fury clan in Peaky Blinders. And that's not a made-up thing. Like, that's a real deal. Really? Right? The Furies have been around a while. They've been bare-knuckle boxing for a really long time. Tommy Fury looks like he got plucked off a Calvin Klein fucking yeah. model ad, which, no homo. I mean, like, the guy... For, for, doesn't look, look like he belongs in that family. And his girlfriend and not, is, is holy shit. I don't even know. Are you allowed to say what I just said? Yes. Yeah, right? So I'm just like, pause, but he doesn't look like he belongs in that family. He doesn't. Pause. Um, I know a bunch of my girlfriend's friends all pass around Tommy Fury pictures on the internet. So uh, there's something going for him. But I I think he's also going to beat up on Jake Paul. Oh, my God. It's not a, like... All right, so he looks the part, right? The His body's chiseled, so he doesn't look like a Fury in that aspect. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? But anyway, the the real reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I have... I think he's going to beat the shit out of him, too, because, you know, the Duke can box. I have the the exchange here. Like, not only is it... I have, There's a couple. I'm not going to play it. I'm going to read what I have here. You could always throw it in, like the, the video clip. Remember how you used to do that? Yeah, I'm not going to do when that. When you used to care about the show? Shut up, school. You want to learn how to edit? Sure. All right. I'll teach you right after this show, right? Okay. And then I'm going to leave the file with you, and then I'm going to show you how to edit it, and then you're going to put in the files, all right? I'll so, take your computer home. Shut up, schoolboy, and speak when you're spoken to. And I'm not talking to you. This is I uh, know. I'm, I'm <laughs> this watching is the you quote. Read. This is the quote. You shut up, you fat lard. That's from Jake <laughs> Paul. Like, this is where it's, this is where it's going. But, th like, see, that's a Paul brother right there. You fat lard. You're mad because you can't come to the United States. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Tommy's going to... Fuck your girlfriend when when he knocks you out. Yeah. He's gonna twenty six and bend her over like a dog. Oh man. <laughs> I can't even say this. Like I'm too I'm too ripped for me to actually read You want these. me to read it? No, because here's the reason why. Because it's just an exchange between the two. So you're either gonna A have to change your voice each time and one sound like Jake Paul and the other one sound like Tommy Fury. Or we would have to like I'll be Tommy John Fury, you'll be you'll be Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
you guys have YouTube, right? <laughs> go on after this podcast. Don't leave us. But go on after this podcast and type in John Fury versus Jake Paul and listen to that fucking. He's gonna fuck your girlfriend from behind. He's gonna he's gonna bend your girlfriend over and do her like a dog. Like what? First of all, you can't say that. She's a she has a choice in the matter, right? He's, he's uh, talking. Listen, man. She showed her tits at a Cub game. I'm pretty sure. Her face looked, like I said, her face looked like a glazed donut before their first date. All right. Anyway, this show is taking a hard, She's a hard Um. So, yeah, I'm excited to see any time we could get John Fury on, on the mic. Oh, my God. I would love to interview him. <laughs> but I think I feel like it's time for a break right now. And then when we come back, we'll talk about this. What I think is a lackluster matchup between two old guys, but Tommy thinks that it has title implications. He's probably not wrong, but... We're going to break down that bullshit fight. Or is it bullshit? No. But we'll break down that fight when we come back. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it. They got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. Chris is giving me the signal that we are back, everybody. All right, so we are going to talk about, of course, UFC uh, fight night. Rob Font against Jose Aldo. Um, you still call him Jose? Isn't it Jose Aldo? His mama called him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. But, uh, I mean, th- look, it's a good fight night, I guess. It's something to get us over the hump that we haven't had MMA for a week. Um, but... <laughs> Do you know what fight I'm more excited about on this card? There's only there's one other fight that I'm really Fizayev. Fizayev. I have him written down. Yeah, he's the guy that does the Matrix moves. I will tune in for him. I will tune in for this fight. But let's be real, Tommy. You're talking about Rob Font title implications in this one. Do you really believe that Rob Font, with a win, gets a title shot? I think he gets the number one contender shot. Yeah. So wait, you think that he gets a number one contender shot? So he doesn't get a title shot. So are you so backtracking you, on your timeout? The way the article was making it sound. So Tommy, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Tommy read an article. Is that's how we're going to talk about? Yeah, but you, you, here's the fucked up part: when there's smoke, there's fire with the UFC. Um, Jose Aldo could get a title shot for a win here. You, well, now see, you're you're just like you're. I'm going like to call you, you right the fuck out. Yeah, now you now you say it. no, but now you he say can, it. He look, guys, look, shot. wait, 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 wait. You said Rob Font gets a title shot with a win, and I said, how? Do you, what, do you, what makes you say that? And you said, well, I read an article saying it, and I said, oh, well, that means fucking nothing because I read an article saying that Trump was going to win the election. He did. He did. Oh, right. This is actually fucking hysterical, but. <laughs> But I lost my point. No, no. You, but, yes, but you then, said. But he then was I get. said. I said, bro. I don't. I think that Aldo has more of a chance to get a title shot. Yeah, he. But I think it's going to be off of one a of win them. based on name value. Trust me, either one of them, especially if either one of them wins in in like a real exciting fashion, you know they're going to do that call out on the mic at the end where there's smoke, there's fire. Dillashaw gets the happen. next title shot. 
after you're you're so here's the thing. Here's the reason why I, I feel like Dillashaw doesn't fight either of these guys. Dillashaw might fight Jose Aldo. He's not gonna fight Rob Font, right? For a fact. hundred percent. So if Aldo wins, you might see a number one contender matchup with TJ Dillashaw while the while the Aljamain Sterling and the Peter Yan situation materializes, because that has to at this point, right? There's no no escaping that for either of those two. And then I see maybe Rob Font fighting a Corey Sanhagen and like a if if that's how it goes, they all but if Rob Font wins, I can't see him getting a title shot and I can't see Dillashaw fighting him. So he's just gonna be stuck because you wanna know why? Because Rob Font and Jose Aldo are the fucking same age. Isn't that crazy? You would think that Jose Aldo is the guy that is too old and he's and it's he's past his prime. We already seen enough of him. Well, I'll make the case that Aldo has the name. So because of that, it's going to sell more pay-per-views, whether or not me or you, the real ones, know it. The casual fans are going to buy in on a Jose Aldo fight before a Rob Font fight. Yeah, well, also remember Dana loves uh, his Boston peeps and Tyson Chartier. You know, right now Rob Font is the one who's making the big noise over there. Um, you know, I get. I'm telling you, it all depends on how this fight goes. If Rob Font goes and does what, like... Max Holloway did to Jose Aldo. Trust me, he's getting a title shot after the whole debacle up at the top goes off. No. Or or if they're not going to do, if TJ starts bitching, pissing, and moaning, then they'll do a number one contender shot. I don't see TJ getting a title shot after the Sanhagen fight where even Dana White knew he lost. But TJ got offered that fight before Sanhagen did against Jan. You know, if, if TJ didn't have that surgery, he gets that fight 100%, right? So he got a title shot already. See, it's weird. with Dana, it's weird. Like, sometimes it seems like he offers them the fight, even though he knows that they're not going to take it, just to say, I offered them the fight. Fair, fair. But it wasn't even like he offered it. TJ had surgery. There was no offer. It was like it, he, the, he gave it to the guy that TJ just beat. wasn't because it was a close fight. It was because TJ was hurt. So TJ already had an opportunity. So to say that he won't get it, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, like I said, I think I think Aldo against Dillashaw makes sense because there's a little bit of team history from back in the day. And I know that I say that with a grain of salt because team and TJ is a very, that's like an oxymoron in itself. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Like, at least I feel like there's enough, that's enough of a legacy fight for both guys to take that even though the law, like losing to a, a Jose Aldo, it's like, okay, you know, that sucks. But if you beat an Aldo, that, that's like a legacy-making fight, mm -hmm. right? And losing to a Jose Aldo is not as bad as losing to a Rob Font. In any, in any level, there will never be a point in, in Rob Font's MMA career where his name will, will ring like Jose Aldo's does, right? You could agree yeah. to that? No, you, you're, you are right. But, and you've said this before, in the UFC where there's smoke, there's fire, especially when it comes to title implications and title eliminators. So I guess we'll see. So that kind of makes it an important fight. All anyway. right. So, so being that we have that all out of the way, how does it go? Like we, we agree that we don't know what's going to happen with Rob Font. We kind of agree that if Jose Aldo wins, he gets Dillashaw, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, Rob Font has, he's got really good boxing and he's good at creating distance. But Jose Aldo knows how to steal rounds, like the end of rounds, to win on the scorecard. And his gas tank seems to have gotten better. So it's, I, I really don't know how it's going to go. I want to say 
I, I, I'm going to go with Rob Font. For Tyler King, I'm going to go with Rob Font for, for Tyler. I think he gets completely outclassed. I think Aldo, I think Aldo kicks his legs to death. I think he takes him down if he wants to, right? And I think that, honestly, he does those things as just like proof that he can after he outboxes him already. That's the way I think this fight goes. And I could be underestimating Rob Font by a lot, but I just think that Aldo's been on a different level for a really long time, and Rob Font's going to find that out. Who has Font really taken out in his career on the Aldo's level? And based on what I've seen out of Aldo of recent, and the guys that he, only people that he's lost to have been champ, former champions or champions, and that mm -hmm. goes throughout his career. I just, you know, Aldo, you really have to be a, a, a notch above to take a guy like that out. And until I see you perform at that notch, I'm not going to predict you against him. See, this is one of those fights where Aldo has to go back to the old Aldo. Leg kicks, leg kicks, and more leg kicks. So basically he has to be the way he fought in his last fight. More, because they were still complaining that he wasn't throwing enough leg kicks. But I don't think he needed to. I think that there's a price to pay when you throw leg kicks in certain cases. When you don't, if, if you don't have to, you know, you see guys having success. I think that there's a risk, and especially so now with the way certain people are. From getting, what I remember about Font, he doesn't check. He's like well, a, he's like a Nate. Well, you know let's let's go see it then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that's going to be the the key to to victory in this one. But like I said, I think it's going to be he's going to box him up because he's going to take his legs out. And when I say box, straight boxing, I think Font has has him, right? But this is not going to be a straight boxing match. The distance is very different. You say he's good at controlling the distance. Yes, but there's nothing like a calf kick. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, So if he goes with that and that low calf kick, the one that's killing everybody, it could be a short night for Font. But... For Tyler, I'm, I'm going with your boy, Rob Fox. And um, as far as durability issues go, um, I think Aldo has proven to be completely durable, and I don't think that Rob Font has the power. You know, Yeah, he doesn't have that. It would be – it's interesting if it goes to the ground because Rob Font is very good at jiu-jitsu. I mean, he, he trains with uh, – with uh, what's his name? Joe – Big Ear Joe. Lozon. Joe Lozon. He trains over there. So his, his jiu-jitsu is good. Is it as good as Jose Aldo's? I mean, I don't really remember seeing much Jose Aldo jiu-jitsu lately, you know? I don't really think that Jose Aldo is the type of guy that's going to use his jiu-jitsu in an offensive manner unless he catches you in a an, – an, but he's not, like, trying to work his jiu-jitsu game. He's a Muay Thai fighter, kickboxer. He's a stand-up guy, but – you're not you're not choking him out, <laughs> you know. I don't I don't see Rob Font going in there and submitting Jose Aldo in a hundred fights. I don't, I don't think, think it's going to be. I don't ever. think it's going to be a finish either. If it stays with the standing, but I think Rob Font's just going to get his face punched in, and he he'll go that way for five rounds if he can because it's the you know the New England cartel. Those guys are all insanely tough. Yeah. All right. Well, I I feel like Aldo's going to dominate. I know that you you're apprehensive to pick Font, but. You're going to do it because you're a big Red Sox fan. And you you have some man crush on Tyler, apparently. And that's what I'm learning by this pick. Because I know deep down in your heart you don't believe that for one second. <laughs> right? So, that said, this was a fun show. I don't know how it's going to sound when I listen back to it. But I had fun. If you like listening to us, right, or me, you could tune in every Monday if through Friday. If you like listening to me. You could, you could tune in every Monday through Friday and listen to the Chop Sports Daily on YouTube. Subscribe. We got, we're starting to get a little bit of attraction on the YouTube page. Um, hopefully, as we add our interns in the coming months, 
We're going to be a lot more active on YouTube. So go follow us, Chop Sports Media. And when I say follow, I mean subscribe. Go check out my Packers podcast, my 9-3 and three best team in football, Green Bay Packers, on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, that's all for my shameless plugs. I'm not going to do the rest of the podcast on the network. You could just go to chopsportsmedia.com for that. Click podcast. Click on any of them. Click on merch. We got a lot of things, new things coming for the holiday season. If you want to buy your children a onesie or your toddler a onesie or your kids a hoodie or your wife a Christmas ornament, we have all of that. And more so we have christmas ornaments yeah we do bro i just put them up yesterday is there a chop heads christmas ornament not yet not yet but there will be a, upon request all you got to do is say chris put up a chop heads ornament it'll take me two minutes so yeah well one, it we'll could be it. uh conor mcgregor's decapitated head honestly we should start doing comedic christmas ornaments maybe next year we'll we'll roll out a whole line of them but for now, I'll let you do your plugs before we get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> well, before we do any kind of real plug like that, um, I wanted to... Uh, I, look, it's Christmas time, like you said, and you know people are starting to read books a lot more now, especially books on the Kindle and the, the phone and everything. Um, for the jiu-jitsu world, everybody knows Tom DeBloss, and he just wrote a book. It's called uh, How You Bear It, triumph and resilience in life now everybody would think that this is going to be like a like a book on how he became successful in jujitsu it's not what it is um it's it's like he's telling stories about the car rides that he had with his dad um as a kid he he came over overcame a lot of shit uh his dad was addicted to drugs and alcohol and he saw a lot of stuff and it's kind of one thing that can resonate with me because my dad was an alcoholic um, but the other part that shocks me, because you see how he is online, very alpha male. Uh, he's actually a victim of fucking childhood sexual abuse uh, from an older kid. And this is kind of the first time he's come out and talk about it. Like, he's never talked about it on social media. Um, he wrote about it in the book. And it's also going to be a video on CNN. CNN's doing a little piece on him. Um, I told him I was going to give him a plug just because, look, man, everybody makes jokes about the hashtag Me Too movement and shit like that, but people don't realize how hard it is for a, a man, like an alpha male to actually come out and publicly admit something like that to, you know, what could be millions of readers because he's on the number one bestsellers list um, for, for martial arts books now with this book. But I just felt like I just wanted to give him a good plug and push the book and have people go out there and get it. Like like we did for Eddie, you know, when, when he wrote his book. Um, Shout out to Eddie Gordon. That's who he's talking yeah. about, by the way. I'm like, we're not getting paid for this, but for what Tom DeBloss has done for the jiu-jitsu community alone and the, the people that he's trained, you know, he was, uh, he's Gary Tonin's teacher who, after this came out, Gary Tonin talked about the connection that he had with Tom because Gary had some issues in his family with, with drugs and alcohol. And he's also Gordon Ryan's instructor, which I guess you can kind of guess that by the whole alpha male thing. But look, man, guys go out and get that book. Um, if anything, get the book just so you can see how, how hard it is. And you're not alone if you're in that situation because of an alpha male like that, putting that in a book and admitting to the world that nobody ever knew about him, 
you know, if, if he's going through that, somebody who's going through the same thing and afraid to say something, don't be afraid, you know, tell people and look out for it on CNN. Very well said, Tommy. I don't watch CNN. I'm sure Tom DeBoss doesn't watch <laughs> CNN either. I guess he's going to now. I mean, it's, <laughs> and I saw like the little bit that they did on it. It's going to be pretty cool. You know, it's great for MMA because. Um, but that was just my way of lightening up the mood because obviously I'm, you know, that was well said, but I was going like hard in another direction this whole episode. And I had no idea that you were going to drop some actual real, real life shit on us. But that's something that we, we obviously like to address also on the Chopheads MMA podcast is real life issues. Not just, yeah, man, we make jokes, but not just, you, you know, bullshit. something like that. Yeah. Whew. And that's what I said to him. Like I messaged him. I'm like, I don't even know what to say to you. I was like, cause I didn't know that whole second part. I was like, but I'm, I'm giving you a plug on the podcast just because, like, I was floored. I honestly made, almost made, like, four terrible jokes to you to lighten the mood right after. And be like, like, but then I realized, like, wow, this is actually still on a podcast. I got to stop. But I have some good shit lined up for after. So stay tuned. Talking to you, Tommy. Uh, uh, and so that, that was for you, Tom. And uh, everybody, don't forget, head over to www.fightbookmma.com. For all of your MMA pro wrestling news. And don't forget, uh, it should be starting back up this week on Fightbook MMA's YouTube and Facebook page. Sitting ringside with the owner, Roberto Villa, the producer, Rudy Lara, and of course, the shitster, Dave Rodriguez. They should be getting everything ready to end out the year and start 2022. And that's it for me. Well, that's it for us then. So, Tommy, hit a button. Plug Tom the Boss's book. I was like, yeah, perfect. I had no idea that that was going to go deep. That's why I plugged it, dude, because that shit was pretty deep. And also, CNN sucks. Oh, without a doubt.